so it, my goal really was to kind of be able to take him to outdoor restaurants. But, you know, after following so many more training accounts and just learning more about training overall and how beneficial it is, not just for you and the dog's relationship, but for the dog's mental well-being. So now my end goal is just to teach him all that he wants to learn, kind of like just our end happiness. Hi there, I'm Caroline, dog mom to Australian Shepherd mix, Layla May. Welcome to Owners Tell All, an Instagram live series where I chat with other dog owners about the successes and struggles of owning a dog. As a first time dog owner and mental health advocate, my goal is to make new dog owners feel less alone, give hope for those problems people thought they couldn't solve, and match words to how their dog is acting or how they are feeling. Thanks for being here and make sure to follow us on Instagram at L-A-Y-L-A underscore L-M-A-Y-Y-Y. Hello everyone. I am here for Owners Tell All with Ellie and Remy. We're going to um, let everyone on here I'm gonna try this little yeah look at that I'm trying to be more organized with my my lives hey can you see the picture of the background? I want to just ask before I, before I, uh, uh, let you join. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure that worked. <laughs> okay, let me get you on here and approve you. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Just got to get my camera set up. Um, so I tip it, I'll give it like maybe one or two minutes before we start getting, getting into the questions. Um, Absolutely. How's your day been? Did you have a good 4th of July? We had a very tame 4th of July. I really didn't know how Remy was going to react, um, especially being in the city and like so many fireworks going off um so I kind of wanted to play it safe just played some like calming music just drank some wine by myself with the dog yeah and he was completely fine he passed out like before they even started and just like didn't even acknowledge that they existed oh really well that's awesome did you like give him any CBD or anything I didn't you know I didn't that's that's great yeah, yeah, but I guess it's also we live in an area with a lot of hospitals, so he's constantly hearing like sirens and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, no, that that makes sense. Yeah, Layla was not a fan of it. Um, she she just she doesn't really alert bark, but she's just constantly like, "Where is it coming from?" and and will yeah. like turn her head all over the place, like trying to figure it out. Yours went off until four thirty in the morning. My Lanta, I would have. 
Oh my god, I would have co- called the police. Honestly, yeah, we have. Um, I don't know if you've he- ever heard of the app. It's called Nextdoor. Um, yes, yeah, people. Yeah. I get like notifications from it for for my area, and people were on there just like talking trash, like going getting so mad <laughs> about people setting them off like super late um, or super early. Like I saw one on there where. Somebody was like, it is 3 p.m. Nobody should be setting off fireworks yet. Um, But, you know, everyone made it through. We actually weren't here. We were, um, we went out a little bit more into the country. So it wasn't as loud for Layla, but we could, she could still hear them. So, um, and just to preface anyone on here that is watching, I am starting to put these up on my YouTube as well. So if you have um, like YouTube premium or like the paid version of it, you can, I believe, exit out of the app and still listen to whatever YouTube video was on and do other things. Uh, So I thought that might be nicer because I know Instagram won't let you like multitask. Um, But that's just an option on there if you uh, wanted to get on there and watch and maybe do something else. Um, But okay. So thanks for everyone to being on here. Um, this is Ellie. She has a cute little dog named Remy. Um, so tell us about yourself and, and Mr. Remy. Yeah, so I'm 22 years old. Um, I just graduated business school in May. Um, and I adopted Remy last year. He was a COVID puppy, mm-hmm. a pandemic puppy. Um, but he was from a rescue and um, he, I got him when he was four or five weeks old, so I had to bottle feed him. Wow. He was, yeah, he like the shelter needed people to take them off because they were getting so busy. Mm-hmm. So I had to, um, you know, kind of take care of him and raise him. And because of that, I didn't really think that there'd be any, you know, residual uh-huh. rescue issues mm-hmm. um, because he was so young. But, you know... I've been continued to be surprised as we both grow to find, you know, new little quirks and things Mm -hmm. that may have resulted from, you know, him being abandoned so young by his mom, unfortunately. Um, We live in Boston, the city, in the middle of the city. Um, But when I first got him, we spent the first few weeks at my parents' house up in Connecticut. So he grew up relatively in a calm space before I introduced him to the city. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't want to, like, throw him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we feed raw food. Um, we have been since he was five months old. I use did, a pre-made raw. Did you transition? Um, like, so did you do like bottle feeding and then kibble and then raw? Yes, that's exactly how it happened. Um, I went with like, you know, Purina Pro Plan, just like the vet said. Um, mm-hmm. but then I quickly found myself just watching all these like documentaries and just YouTube videos about like how bad it was. And um, both of my previous older family dogs died from cancer very young. So I was kind of like, oh, maybe it's the food. So it kind of just clicked for me. And I went with the raw route, um, which, you know, the rest of my family finds insane, but I love it anyways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remy is reactive. He is what I like to call frustration reactive. and we use the e-collar to train. So that's just okay. a little bit about us. Tell us like a little bit what you mean by frustration, um, like a leash or other dogs, like through a fence. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of all of those almost. It's um, It doesn't come from a place of fear. He's not scared of any dog. He will run full force up to, you know, a wolfhound, up full force up to wow. anything big that will dog. take him. Yeah, because I kind of, I grew up with big dogs. So I kind of threw him in the big dog park when he was a puppy. And he loves that. But okay. definitely not my brightest choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one of those things is that he's, I also, when I got him, I grew up on a lot of land. So we had dogs for protection, but they weren't trained dogs. Like they weren't trained, like they could do sit and down and paw, but they could, didn't, you know, know how to walk on a leash. They pulled, you know, like, gotcha. cause we'd really walk them. They just had free reign of like the territory. Um, so and when then, you say protection, you just mean like alert barking, you know, alert barking and the the breed we had were Rhodesian Ridgebacks, which are actually lion hunting dogs. Um, yeah. They get like they were 180 pounds, so mm. they were like really for protection. <laughs> Another fireworks <laughs> just went off. I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> um, but so I never really had that much experience with training. Um, you know, like, but yeah. so. I let a lot of things go that I shouldn't have, such as I, I trained Remy from the beginning. You know, I signed him up for a positive reinforcement Zoom class because we were in the middle of the pandemic mm -hmm. and we couldn't do, you know, face to face classes. He knew he learned place really quickly. He learned, you know, sit down, stay really, really quickly. The basics. Um, but when I really noticed there was an issue was it kind of happened out of nowhere. But, you know, looking back on it, it all came from somewhere. It's I allowed a lot of on leash interactions with other dogs. Okay, and you think that really? I think that set him up for failure off. because he learned on the leash, I'm still gonna be allowed to meet all the other dogs that we pass if we're like, I'm still gonna be allowed to meet them. Okay. So when I taught him that, when all of a sudden, like for example, it started, the first time I really realized it is we were sitting outside um, at like a dog patio um, restaurant and he, reacted there was a dog walking by but we were stuck in place and his leash was tied to my chair and he couldn't get to the dog and that's when he really went off yeah and at first I thought it was like protection almost because I was like oh is he like in your space being but territorial exactly but it quickly became apparent because like we would see a dog like over 500 feet away walking in the opposite direction and he would still react like that the dog didn't have to be passing us directly or going like, you know, towards us or anything. Mm -hmm. So I quickly realized it was, be he was frustrated. He wanted to be able to go and meet that dog. He didn't like being staying one, staying in one place. He's just too friendly. He's too friendly <laughs> and he never really learned, you know, how to get yeah. calm in one spice. I didn't really enforce yeah. that. I was like, oh, you want to walk? Let's continue walking. We don't have to sit on this bench. Well, I think that's a really good example of just like, not knowing at the time. Absolutely. You know what I, mean? um, I think I said in my last live, you know, it's just been so, um, you know, in, in America or in maybe even other countries, I'm not sure, but it's just like so normal to let your dogs greet. And then um, people don't really know of the repercussions or think about the consequences um, that may happen later on. And then now you have to kind of backtrack and reteach things that, you could have prevented but you just didn't know you know what I mean it's not like you did Absolutely. anything wrong at the time so yeah um, someone did ask what kind of raw you feed 
Yeah, so right now, Remy's been eating Darwin's raw. Um, we started on Darwin's when we were five months old. We switched briefly to Answers, um, but, you know, he wasn't – the fermentation <laughs> – the fermentation just like didn't his breath smelled really bad honestly oh <laughs> um so I was just like I can't take your dog kisses if you're gonna you know eat answers so we switched back to Darwin's um but recently we're switching to a new raw that's Boston based which I'm really excited about it's oh, called okay. raw dino mm-hmm. um our friend at lychee um in, uh, encouraged us to go that route just because Remy's digestive system is super picky. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to trying something new with him. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, let me put her on place really quick. I think she's no like around because of, uh, because of the fireworks. But yeah, of course. Can I, I was seeing if I could put the, the little picture back on, but I don't know how. <laughs> okay, Layla, come here. Layla. Princess, let's get on place. Place. Good girl. Here's your calm. There you go, baby. Okay. At least this will, like, let her just chill because she was, like, pacing back and forth. I'm like, oh, gosh, no. Poor baby. Um, okay, so you kind of answered, like, what made you realize that your dog, you know, needed help and wasn't just – you know, you wanted to take it to the next level, but what made you start using the e-collar? Yeah. So, um, we bounced around from trainer to trainer. Um, mm-hmm. one trainer There's tried a prong. Lot of I'm sure. Yeah. There were a ton of options. Um, we tried prong collar for a hot minute and I think it's an absolutely great tool. Um, but it wasn't right for Remy just because he doesn't have enough fat around his neck, you know, like if it's a Frenchie or a Corgi that even has more fur around its neck, I feel like that would be good, but just for Remy, he didn't have enough. It didn't hurt him at all, I will say. It's just, it was more one of those things where I was just, like, noticing little indentations, and I was just like, I probably shouldn't be seeing that. Yeah. Um, so I, that was my first interaction with balance training, and I didn't even know it was called balance training. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a training tool. Um, and then I quickly, you know, someone, one of the trainers suggested to me e-caller, and my first reaction was shock collar, absolutely not. Because, you know, like my dogs, they didn't, growing up, they didn't have shock collars, but they had um, like perimeter collars that would shock them gotcha. if they tried to go out of the perimeter. And even I just hated that idea because I was like, they don't want to go anywhere else, just like let them. But I realized now that was for their safety, but I'm still not the biggest fan of those. I prefer a fence, like a mm-hmm. physical fence. Um, but so someone introduced the e collar, and I spent so much time researching. Um, you know, like people were trying e-collars like on themselves because there are a lot of actual YouTube videos of that. Yeah, there are. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, okay, wait, it doesn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this trainer that I really liked working with because she came to us and she was actually leaving from the place where I was bringing Remy to structured daycare oh, to yeah. go off on her own um, at uh, nine to five canine. And she was really, really great. Um, you know, she'd come and work with us weekly and she made sure that we had done all the basics before she even introduced e-collar. Yeah. Something that I should also add is the reason I decided to go with e-collar is because Remy is not food motivated. Um, which made it very, very difficult because all the other dogs I've ever had or even interacted with are food motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But the way that it was explained to me is there are four or five different types of motivations that dogs have. Yeah. It's prey, play, food, or like verbal, you know, like good boy type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Remy is, yeah, Remy is play. Mm-hmm. And so when trying to teach him with positive only reinforcement, it was like we would do something in his reward, he like would want to play with another dog or play tug or fetch. And it just became too difficult almost to make our training sessions um, almost like beneficial. Mm-hmm. You know, like he wasn't learning enough. It was turning more into like a like one good job and then like playing for 45 minutes. Yeah. Because he, it was just, it was really hard to exactly balance. exactly what you mean because Layla, well, she's food motivated also, but she, if she does something like awesome, I reward her with play. Yeah, yeah. And so like, but having to do that in between every single like, like rep, training yeah. session is like a very taxing. And then like, mm-hmm. you're like, is he even getting anything out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and it also became the thing is like, if he had to choose between a ball or another dog, he would always choose another dog interesting um so it was kind of like he was so if I had a hot a hot dog for example or like any high value treat like steak anything but there was another dog on the side of the fence he'd go to the other dog he does not want the treat he wouldn't even take the treat and then try to go to the dog he like he would just want the dog okay so that made it very very hard to um train him in a way without balanced training yeah yeah you needed like out of the four quadrants, you needed that, um, what is it, R minus, I think. Yeah. Um, or P minus, I can't, I never remember, I like the different quadrants and which ones there are. Well, what about you? Do you struggle with um, patience, consistency, like anything during training? I know you said, like, it's tough to reward him with play. Um, yeah. But I know uh, sometimes just, like, the normal – uh, like every day, like if you're, if you're not patient with other people, you might not be patient with your dog as well. So. Yeah. Um, patience and consistency are both things that I really, really have struggled with. Um, my patience has gotten a lot, a lot better, but it almost kind of morphed into leniency. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of coincided with consistency. Um, especially when I, at the beginning of e-collar, you know, I wasn't seeing many results at first, even for like, a week, Remy seemed scared of the e-collar. So it was like a little bit of a regression right there. And I was, you know, that terrified me. Yeah. Um, so, and it was also a thing where I didn't get into the habit. Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. I was saying I didn't get into the habit of really putting on the leash or the, sorry, the e-collar for the entire day. It was just when we were going on walks. And so then you would I was forget just, it or I would forget it or I'd be like oh we're just going for a quick like bathroom walk there's no need to put it on mm-hmm. you know just like make up all these types of excuses that saying it wasn't really necessary um and then you know it ended up being like I'd like look back and it'd be three days of like not wearing the e-collar and no yeah. training and I'd be like oh shoot and then I'd feel down on myself about it and it was just like this kind of toxic cycle until I was I reached out to some other e-collar friends and they were like, we keep it on all day and just take yeah. it off at night. And that yeah. kind of saved me. I, whenever uh, she wears it, she wears it like all day. We're taking a break from it at the moment. Um, just because I think I needed to work on our K 
communication and like clarity of that a little bit better. So we're taking a break from it and really just doing like prong um, or just like leash pressure. Like she's been wearing the leash a lot inside the house um, and just using that to communicate um, instead of just relying on the e-collar so much. And um, I noticed I would use it more if I was uh, like stressed out and then it would be unfair to her. Um, so taking a step back from it, but whenever she does wear it, she wears it like all day and then I take it off at night um, just so that she sees it as something that's normal and just like an everyday thing and not like basically neutral. I want her to think of it as a neutral thing. Um, let's see. The Huggable Cab asked if e-collars don't actually shock, why are people so against them? I think it is a lack of understanding. Um, I really do. Um, so she is going nuts over these fireworks. I might have to just hold her by me. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a lack of understanding. Okay, so sorry. I'm going to get her for no a second. Problem. Give me some As everybody is fifth going day after the fireworks. I thought everything would be fine. I have a Kong ready for her and and all that good stuff. But it's so scary, I know. Um Yeah, she was over there whining, like, oh no, please help. I know. Um, okay. Sorry about that. So what are your like end goals with Remy? I know so, he's like still pretty young. And at first were you just like, I just want him to know all the basic commands and be able to do this or go to a patio or whatever. And then now what is it? Yeah. So at the beginning, like before we were even introduced to balance training, I was determined. I was like, he's going to know all the basic commands and he's just going to be a well-behaved small dog because I don't like that small dogs get away with so much behavior that big dogs couldn't. Mm -hmm. um, I'm yeah. like, it should be equal. Like, I, you know, if my dog doesn't jump, then why should, like, if my 180 pound dog can't jump, then why can my 15 pound dog jump? Because mm -hmm. um, if you have somebody over, you interact with somebody who, you know, isn't comfortable with dogs, it's just not fair to them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I feel like Layla's been labeled once as a bull in a china shop. And I was like, Ooh. Layla does not like run around or do anything. Like, yeah. she's pretty chill. And like these other dogs, they're just doing whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but over time at first, when I, when Remy became frustration reactive, my only goal when I was introduced to e-collar training was to get rid of that. Essentially, mm -hmm. I wanted him, especially living in the city. Um, I wanted to be able to go out to outdoor restaurants with him. You know, he's so easy to pick up and bring onto the tea with me mm -hmm. and like take in public transportation. Um, and he's well behaved in public transportation. He loves it. He just falls asleep in my lap. Mm -hmm. um, but well, it was just one of those, like your everyday, just like going outside for walks. Yeah, I mean, all the so, is and whatnot. So the thing is about his, which is very interesting, is his frustration reaction only activates 
when we're standing or sitting still. Gotcha. So we okay. could walk by, even if he's not in a heel, if he, we could walk by another dog, no problem. Okay, interesting. He has no reaction to that. It's just if we're sitting and he can't move, mm-hmm. um, then he'll start to pull and freak out. So it's it, that's the reason it was, like, more hmm. – um, so it, my goal really was to kind of be able to take him to outdoor restaurants. That was very simple. It was like a very basic, simple-minded, easy-to-accomplish goal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after following so many more training accounts and just learning more about training overall and how beneficial it is, not just for you and the dog's relationship, but for the dog's mental well-being. Yeah, because it just I've, affects so much. Yeah, and, like, giving them structure, I've just learned, just, like, helps them – you know, function and not be overwhelmed and like kind of reins in their thoughts a little bit. Mm-hmm. So now my end goal is just to teach him all that he wants to learn, you know, and kind of like just our end happiness. Like even if I get to the point where I'm like, okay, this is a perfect dog. I don't need to work on him anymore. I'd be willing to like continue learning and continue like adding things to our, you know, training regimen if it was necessary just to keep him, you know, occupied and Mm -hmm. to keep him from getting anxious or, you know, reactive again. Just making sure that his overall mindset is, is in a good place. Absolutely. So I think that's, that's an awesome goal to have. I think that's something you can think of every day and also just like long-term too. That's definitely aligns with, with my goal for her, Um, which sucks because she's like over here, like anxious as shit right now but (laughs) they all have their moments okay it's not it's not a linear track for sure I know um she's doing really well though compared to like what she was like whenever the fireworks first started I will say that that's awesome um what would you say to someone that has a reactive dog but wants or that doesn't have a reactive dog but wants to be educated so whether that be about e-collars, um, I know um, the Huggable Cab asked in here, you know, like if it's just a vibrate or like how would you maybe explain that to someone if they saw the e-collar on Remy or uh, just about what, you know, maybe you tell them your end goal, what, what, uh, what would you say to them? Yeah, so to start off with, the way that I explain e-collar is it has two functions. Mm -hmm. Um, As you know, like that, I use the educator Mm -hmm. um, series. So it has a vibrate button and a stim button, short for stimulation. Mm -hmm. And the stimulation is, I would describe it as kind of like a um, a muscle relaxer gun that you'd kind of use at like a chiropractor or if you're a personal trainer, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, it's more of like a, a tickle or like a twinge. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be a shock. If your dog is feeling shocked, which it does have the capability, I feel like if it's at a high enough level, if, if, it's, I were, too high. if it's too high, because the e-collar ranges from level one to a 100. Mm-hmm. Remy's working level, which means the level that he feels it is a six. Mm-hmm. A 180 pound dog is going to feel it at a much higher level. Yeah. You're never going to get them to respond to a level six. Mm-hmm. But if I were to put Remy at a crazy high rate, that would be super irresponsible of me, number one. And number two, that's when it would become a shock. 
Yeah. Um, For him, like a hundred would be just like way too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, When I first got it, I did put it on my own neck and tried (laughs) it out because I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to be hurting my dog. Mm-hmm. I think I got pretty high up there, way, way, way past what I would ever put my dog at. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it just, it just got uncomfortable. It yeah. wasn't a shock, you know, and, and I felt a shock collar before. After. It doesn't hurt after. I felt a shock collar before, you know, like when my dogs wore the um, invisible fence collars, I would sometimes take it off to take them for a walk, keep it in my hand by accident, mm-hmm. and I'd be shocked by that. That is a much different feeling. Mm-hmm. So I just want to preface that. So an e-collar, it could be called a shock collar, but it is not a shock collar. Yeah. A shock collar has a very negative connotation, mm-hmm. as it should, because no one wants to hurt their dog at the end of the day. Yeah, I've um, never felt a shock collar, but um, I have put the e-collar, like you said, on me and, and tried it out at different levels just to see what it felt like. And, you know, it doesn't hurt afterwards. It, you feel it for that split second that it, it does the stem and that's it. Exactly, exactly. So it's like, and you're not pressing it down, you're just doing like a it's to get their attention. It's like a tap on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Or like if you know, we're, we're like flick somebody, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like, poke, poke, poke. Yeah, like, look at or, me, pay attention to what I'm saying. Yeah. I always like to think of it as like, you're poking someone and then they don't respond. So then you're like, okay, hello. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly yeah. perfect. Um, the only other thing I would say to someone who doesn't have a reactive dog and wants to like be educated about it is learn to read not only the dog's body language, but the, the human's body language. Um, and also to be patient with us because, you know, like I said, I used to allow tons of on-leash meetings with Remy Mm -hmm. and our neighborhood, while I do live in a city, I live in a neighborhood where I know most of the dogs there. Yeah. And there will be times where I'm training with Remy and like, I'll pull Remy over to the side when a dog that we know is passing by and the owner doesn't really realize or doesn't really read my body language of pulling Remy away. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, we could go and say hi on the leash. And yeah. I'm like, ooh. So I just recently actually ordered a um, training tab, like in training tab mm-hmm. for our leash because I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that'll be helpful for like getting the message across a little bit easier. Yeah. Because I'm not a confrontational person. Like I, I should be advocating for my dog and be like, listen, we're training right now. Please don't approach us. Mm-hmm. But that honestly isn't the first thing that I want to say when someone starts to approach us. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please don't approach us. Yeah. I've even had people to where like she would be in heel and then a dog would be coming closer, another person. And I would kind of step in front of her and they would kind of like go around me to get to her. I'm just like, and it goes back to, you know, reading the body language of, um, you know, the owner as well as the dog. You know, that's, that's a really, really good um, piece of advice. So one of the things that I really focus on on my account along with training is mental health um, for both myself and just trying to keep Layla's mental state, um, you know, at a calm baseline. Um, but how has mental health you know, how does that work in your life and how have you been affected by it whenever it comes to Remy and dog training? Absolutely. So um, I'm a psychology minor. So I've always, yeah. So I've always been really interested in mental health. um, And I myself, you know, have had experience with mental health struggles since I was, you know, a teenager, um, as you know, many people do. Mm -hmm. And 
it has definitely affected my training relationship because it is very easy to only acknowledge, um, you know, their aggressions or the fails. Um, and it makes it really hard to motivate myself to continue going with our training when I all I'm acknowledging are these fails and not seeing the tremendous progress that has been made. Um, so it often takes, you know, the help of someone I love who's also been along with me for the journey, like my friends or my family, to be like, look at what you've done with him. And, mm-hmm. you know, to them to kind of reel me back in and be like, continue with what you're doing because you're really doing great because obviously Remy can't say that to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're but, doing an awesome mom. Yeah. So it's just, it's really, it's a really hard balance though mm-hmm. because, um, you know, you never really think that your mental health will affect your relationship with like an animal. You know, you think of um, an animal as helping your mental health because they do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they don't. They definitely do. But it's one of those things where it's also – you're taking on responsibility for another life. And that is also incredibly taxing on, you know, your mental health if you're not struggling already. Yeah. Um, Layla and I feed off of each other a whole lot. So if she has a reaction to something, I, you know, have that, I focus on it. I have that, oh, we regressed or, you know, whatever. And I get down on myself. I become very antsy, anxious, impatient, irritable. Um, and then we get back inside, and even though she's all good now, you know, I she does – her mental state is good. You know, she might pick up something that we dropped on the ground, a piece of food or whatever. I don't know. Um, and it just annoys me. It just sets me straight off because I'm like – already irritable and then down on myself um and then we just get into that rotational like she does something i do something she does something i do something and it's just like we're taking that out on each other and we just feed off of each other um even though we're i mean we're not like meaning to you know what i mean um normally whenever i have something like that happen i take a nap and i'm like okay this nap resets everything um but I definitely feel you on that. Yeah. One thing that I definitely can relate to you on is that I get, um, I, Remy and I feed off of each other, especially I've been trying to, cause I stopped after he became reactive, taking him out to outdoor restaurants. Cause okay. I was like, I need to, cause it's embarrassing, honestly, mm-hmm. when I'm out to, bre- to breakfast, lunch, dinner with a friend outside at a dog friendly place, um, which there are not very many dog friendly patios in Boston, surprisingly. Oh, really? Um, really? Not that dog friendly of a place. Um, so once you find that place that'll let you, it's awesome. You're like, thank you so much for letting me have my dog. And then a dog will be walking by, whether it's in the restaurant or, you know, two streets away. Remy goes off and interrupts everybody's meal. Mm-hmm. It's everyone looks. I can't calm him down. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. So it got to the point where I would stop stopped bringing him out. And then this summer, I've been, you know, my trainer is like, you need to get him that exposure. You need to be bringing him out in order to work on it. But the thing is that I've noticed is I will be eating my food fast, scanning the horizon, not paying attention to the friend across from me, Yeah, looking for the next thing that's going to cause his reaction. So I'll be anxious. Mm-hmm. And then my anxiety will make him anxious and he won't be able to settle by our feet. Yeah. He'll, even if there's nothing there, he'll be like pacing because he yeah. could feel my anxiety. No, that, 
makes a lot of sense. Um, and it definitely goes back to, I think just like that emotional connection that you can sometimes get with a dog. Um, it makes me think like, I don't know. It, it's so hard because with some, some situations, if somebody's more anxious or upset than me, I am like, okay, I'm not going to be anxious as well. I'm going to be the strong one to kind of help them through. But with her, it's not like that. Um, if, if something like really scares her, I feel for her so much. And I am like, like upset that I can't fix everything for her. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it, it'll be that constant cycle of back and forth of, of feeding off of each other. Yeah, that totally relate to that. And then, yeah, you're, you're out at a, um, out with your friends and then you can't like enjoy them as much as you want. Um, and you know, I think it's good that you're working on it now, but at the same time, like, stuff like that could almost make me like maybe get a little bit bitter towards like rent, like, you know, my dog. Um, I'm not saying that you are, but I'm just saying personally, that's how I could end up being. Um, cause I'm just a very like stubborn person. Like I, I know my personality. I know that's how I am. Um, and I wouldn't want to like resent anything. Absolutely. It's especially, um, Luckily, Remy is really good with being left home alone. Good. If he wasn't, you know, if he was unable to, you know, be home alone without causing issues, um, I would definitely think there would be some level of resentment because I wouldn't be able to go out ever without yeah. him. And, you know, I love going out with him, but he can't, he can't inhibit, especially, you know, we're so young. He can't inhibit yeah. like our um, like crucial social interactions, especially coming out of COVID. Uh -huh. You know, we need that human interaction. Our dog has become everything, which is fantastic because we are our dog's everything. But we also need that human connection. And, you know, like I'm single. I'm not getting that from anywhere else besides my friends. Mm -hmm. So I need to be able to go out and have dinner and drinks with friends. Yeah. If I can't, there would definitely be bitterness. Luckily, yeah. there isn't in our situation. But yeah, I totally I agree. It would come with it. Yeah, I haven't felt that way either. But I could see how someone could easily get to that point. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, it'd probably be more so for someone that isn't trying to do anything. Like, we're, we're trying to train our dogs. We're trying to, like, make them better, make our, our relationship better. Um, somebody that wasn't doing that or didn't have the knowledge of how to do that would probably feel that more like bitter bitterness or resentment yeah. um okay so you are training Remy to be an emotional support animal right so yes but he actually already is oh okay no training is required for a dog to be an emotional support animal really I thought that there was like some sort of checklist mm -hmm. I there should be there really should be um, mm -hmm. but there's no, there's no regulations on it. There's no, if you Google search emotional support dog, there'll be like all these things saying that there's like a national database of like all registered emotional support dogs that does not exist. That is all a scam. Oh, okay. Um, and emotional support, <laughs> yeah, an emotional support dog is only the only documentation there is, is 
a letter from a therapist or a psychiatrist. Oh. And the only benefit that they get that a normal pet dog does not get is guaranteed housing. Okay. So for example, if I were to move into an apply to live in an apartment that's pet free, I could be like, they could not turn me away if I had an emotional support animal and a letter saying that I needed this animal. Yeah. Okay. And that goes for any type of an most any type of animal. Um, it's not just dogs. But they are not service dogs. They're not allowed in, you know, Starbucks or restaurants or, yeah. you know, Target, anywhere that service dogs are only allowed. Um, they're not specially trained to do any tasks. It's just saying owning this dog is better. Like the letter from like your therapist or psychiatrist just says owning this dog helps this person's mental health. Interesting. And that's okay. literally all it is. So it's super straightforward, super interesting. But the issue is if you now Google search, because it's so straightforward, uh -huh. you could get a letter for 50 to 150 bucks from a from fake like therapist online. online. Mm -hmm. So because of that, there's a ton of issues with, you know, fake um, emotional support animals. I don't know if you've heard, but like recently airlines have like mm -hmm. um, prohibited them from, you know, flying. So that's really where all that came from um, because there's so many fake ones because there's, they're not regulated anyway. There's no database. There's no, yeah. there's nothing. I did know that about airlines, um, but I definitely thought that there was some sort of checklist training that, that they had to do before being approved. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, that's awesome that, um, you're able to, to have one and, and, you know, um, ethically, I should say, um, like for the people that really need it. Um, but Absolutely. That, that really takes away from, from the people that need it, that if they're just going online, doing some paying, paying a hundred dollars so that they could get out of paying a pet fee or whatever. Every exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what makes it so frustrating is that, you know, I would gladly pay that pet fee. Um, the apartment I was living at when I got Remy was not pet friendly. Okay. And I am lucky enough to, in fact, need an emotional support animal. So before I even got Remy, I was cleared for one by okay. the therapist I have been seeing. So um, I knew that that would be fine. But, you know, when it comes to flying, I would glad I would pay a pet, pet fee for Remy. It doesn't need to be free. Mm -hmm. But these new pet laws, unfortunately, inhibit, like, I, there can only be two dogs in a cabin at one time. And, like, apparently. And um, Remy's too big to fit in a um, carrier, actually, because he's so long. Oh. He's, like, a corgi length. Yeah. So he's, like, he's too long to fit in a carrier unless I were to, like, drug him and bend him in half, which yeah. I'm not going to do. Um, that wouldn't be helpful for you then. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Okay. So I can't. <laughs> So I can't even like really take him anywhere anymore due to this new law, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. So the two dogs in a cabin, is that even for um, service dogs or it, does that not? I don't think it applies to service dogs. I think it's okay. two pets per cabin okay. on planes. And then you could still have the, your dog underneath the cabin, but like nobody wants to do that to their animal. I know. I Unless it's know. absolutely necessary, in which case it's it's safe. It's been proven safe, but nobody wants to do it unless they have to. Yeah, I think yeah, 
I, I don't think like once a dog is, is old, you know, old enough to, to comprehend things, um, I would be extremely nervous to put them, put them underneath of the, of the cabin and like check them. Um, it varies yeah. from airline to airline too. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I've heard that on the news. I haven't looked into it a whole lot. Um, but I definitely do remember seeing that. Um, so what do you do now that COVID is kind of opening up um, or, you know, COVID's, I don't want to say ending, but, you know, people are cutting back on their restrictions. What do you do for fun to kind of um, take that downtime? Do you like to go out and, and hang out with your friends or do you like to stay at home more or I like I take a nap? <laughs> I am I am also a big napper. I literally just we just took a nap earlier today. It was super, super nice. Um, but I'm still kind of trying to figure out how to separate, you know, my time with Remy um, in a way because I have found that I honestly probably have more anxious attachment to him than he does to me. Same. Um, Same. I've tapped it at <laughs> He could go to doggy daycare, which he hasn't been in a while, but he last went when he was a puppy. I think the last time was in November um, of 2020. And oh, okay. he was away for 10 hours during the day. But he was with other dogs and trainers all the time. So I was completely okay with that. Yeah. When it comes to leaving him alone, I've capped my time at five hours. Five hours is the most I've ever left him and not, like, cried about it. <laughs> Okay. Um, it's very bad. I definitely need to get better at it. Um, mm -hmm. I try to make it a point to go out with him at least uh, four to five times a week, but I need to be better about it. It's especially hard because, you know, I was taking online classes via Zoom. I was job searching. It's not like I had to go work my nine to five, you know, away from home or anything like that, mm -hmm. um, which I will soon have to do starting in September. Um, but it's just one of those things where I have to get better about it. I kind of have to advocate for myself. Like I have to text my friends and be like, Hey, I really need to get out of the apartment without Remy tonight. Can yeah. we go out for dinner? Because otherwise when I say, Hey, want to go out? Their first response is that we're a package deal, which I love. Yeah. I love that idea, but there it's just, we can't always be, we have mm -hmm. to create some degree of separation for both of our sakes. Oh yeah. I, I definitely feel that like last night it was, I mean, definitely safer for her to stay at our friend's house inside, like, away in the country, away from the fireworks. And we went to, like, a little downtown, like, festival. They had, like, music and fireworks. And it was amazing. Um, but it was, like, it was good because uh, I hadn't been away from, from her in, in probably a week or so. Um, and you said about the time, most of the time, that we are away. It's just for like an hour or two. There's only been not even a handful of times that she's been in the crate for longer than like six hours. I want to say, um, like I can tell you exactly what times she was in the crate for like eight hours. And then the rest of the time it's only been like four ish. Um, yeah. no, we did go away and, um, Let's see, what was it? Last October. Um, but and we, we were gone for about a week. However, this was before I really started training her. 
Um, and so we didn't have that bond that we do now that we, we like, we didn't have that, um, whenever we went on our week long trip. So yeah. now it's like, like you said, I have more separation anxiety from her than she does for me. She does great in her, in her crate and everything. Um, but yeah. yeah, I definitely am like, what's she doing? You know, I look on my camera, I'm like, okay, she's asleep. She's being an angel. <laughs> I need to get a camera, honestly. Um, Remy is not crate trained. Uh, I tried. He was crate trained for the first – he was crate trained from when I got him at four weeks – or not four weeks, like when he, you know, could be away from me um, at around six weeks. And then he was crate trained until he was three or four months. And I had a camera too. Mm-hmm. But – he displayed some really concerning behavior when I tried to crate train him, um, like destruct, like not destructive, but like he would bang his head against the side of the crate until he was bleeding. Oh my like gosh. he like, like a very, very anxious behavior towards yeah. the crate. And at the time I didn't have a trainer or I had the positive trainer that I saw via Zoom and I had my vet. Those are my only two resources. Yeah. And how do and you they were- do positive training? if you're trying to leave them alone, you know? Exactly. And so both of their reactions to, I showed them the video footage and they were both like, you can't crate train this dog. Like this dog is like, you have to uncrate, like, like just don't use the crate. So I got rid of the crate and it hasn't been brought back since. Interesting. And yes. So, but the way it works is because I live, I'm in an apartment in Boston with other, with roommates. Oh, okay. So the way it works is that my room has become the crate. Yeah. My, I close and lock the door to my room mm-hmm. and he is, that's his crate during the day. Like yeah. if I go, um, sometimes he has free reign of the apartment when I go, if like, depending on what the roommate is home or if no one's home, mm-hmm. but most of the time he's locked in my room and the AC is on, we have dog TV or calming music playing uh-huh. and he has on um, his bed or my bed to lie on. Yeah. And while well, I would love I, for I him to be crazy. That's for you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and like how you said your room is kind of like his crate. I mean, it's, you know, big, just a bigger crate. That's all it is. And I mean, if I were to ever, like when I get another dog, I'm crate chaining that dog. Of course it's just, and I'm not against reintroducing the crate to him by Mm -hmm. any means. Um, I definitely think it is in our cards further down the line, just because I do want to also emphasize the, like the space between us. I feel like that is important. It could definitely um, because Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it will definitely help our relationship. But just right now, um, or at the time, it wasn't the best. And right now, because I'm in a transition period, I haven't really had the time nor the energy to bring it in. But I think crate training is one of the genuinely the best things you can do for your dog. And I want him to be crate trained. Mm -hmm. Well, it's one of those things that now that you have the e-collar, it's potential that you could use the e-collar for that as well um even if you you know crate get a camera go in the other room and and maybe use the e-collar to disrupt that destructive behavior um but definitely yeah definitely talk to a trainer about it but yeah I totally understand you know that's kind of how we are about nails (laughs) it's um not our first priority but it's something that we definitely need to work on um and just some grooming in general um because she's not 
she's not very fond of the brush or the nail clippers or anything like that or baths. Um, so it's like definitely something that we have on our list, but it's not our first priority, which, you know, I think is okay. So same with you about the crate, like do what, what works for you at the moment. There's no timeline on when you need it done exactly. per se. So, um, let's see. So do you have any experiences in your life that have shaped the way that you think about mental health? Um, I know you said that you're a psych minor, um, yes. which is so cool. Um, I always thought that would be interesting to do, but I hate writing. And <laughs> I know some of the upper level psychology classes, like you had to do like a lot of papers. I was like, nope, not for me. <laughs> yes. So I actually went into college as a psych major okay. and I quickly realized that the papers were not it for me. I'm more of like a fun visual person. Mm -hmm. and like a talking person so that's why I switched to business but I kept my psych minor and I still had to do an annoying amount of papers oh I'm sure um, <laughs> but luckily I got to choose like what exactly about psych I was interested in yeah. um focusing on so that made writing the papers a little bit easier mm -hmm. um but mental health is like really important to me um just because you know it does run in my family it's, you know, something that I've struggled with for a long time and I'm still struggling with and trying to find the perfect balance. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that to bring it back to dogs, um, you know, finding that there was a little bit of time like before Remy and I really got into training, you know, it was just like casual training, positive training, which nothing against if that works. Amazing. Jealous of you. <laughs> um, but one of those things where there wasn't much structure in our lives is like whenever I wanted to train him, I would, but like it, you know, he knew sit. It's not like we really regressed on it very much. Um, it was, you know, it's the more difficult things like heal and like, you yeah. know, downstays and stuff that there was regression. But anyways, um, incorporating training and like having a reason almost to like get up in the morning Motivate. and like get, and motivation because you have to take care of this other living being and so that did so much for me um and for my mental health um it was super super important to get that you know sense of training in and that sense of routine especially during covid um especially. when everything was just like you were walked in your house like doing nothing um oh i love you too sam <laughs> um but no for sure um i know it, like, mental illnesses also run in my family. So I've been pretty cognizant and aware of it for maybe since I was like 11 or 12, like pre pretty young, honestly, to be thinking yeah. about it. Um, and then uh, I kind of saw both sides of it. I saw someone dealing with it and then um, how others saw so like saw that um, and just kind of both sides of like people trying to figure it out, someone struggling with it. Um, and that really shaped the way that I thought about it. Um, and I went kind of through like a transitional period of more stigma um, and thinking about it from like the stigma standpoint and like trying to put a mask on for myself um, and then transitioning into the, you know, it's okay um to have this you know struggle like anxiety depression whatever and embrace it and be like okay i'm i'm actually gonna do something about it 
Um, but for sure that motivation of, of having, having your dog and, and being like, okay, I have to do this. Um, you know, even if it's just, I have to feed them, I have to walk them, you know, that's, did Remy turn your lights off? He did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you little fucker. I'm going to go and turn them back on. Um, but even just the, you know, have to feed them, have to walk them, you know, you have to get up and do something. Um, and then that can get you maybe talking to your neighbors or out to talk to your roommate um, and make a really big difference. You know, even just getting out to get the sunlight while you're walking them can make a huge difference. Absolutely. I think that it makes all the difference. And it's it's so important because it's also something to focus on, um, you know, besides the own thoughts in your head, which can really easily become the enemy in these situations. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Um, would you say that mental health is important in your community, whether that be your Instagram community or like your friends or family? In my Instagram community, um, I'd love for it to be important. Um, I think obviously it's very important that people are like take time off Instagram and, you know, like focus on themselves, but I won't say that it's as talked about as I I would say as I would like it to be, but I'm also, again, not the most proactive person about talking about it on social media. Mm-hmm. When it comes to family and friends and even strangers in person, I am annoyingly open and like upfront about um, what you mental need. health, mm-hmm. what I need. Exactly. I try to make my boundaries and my, um, you know, like needs very clear mm-hmm. because I have found that it's so easy to project you know, like my false expectations onto somebody and then nobody could read your mind, which is super important to acknowledge, Um, you know, and I feel like I've had to kind of um, manage my expectations while also providing people with guidelines of what I need to, um, not what I need, but what I, what helped me function best. Yeah. I mean, just like how you said, they can't read your mind and they might not even realize that what they're doing or saying is affecting you so much. Um, you know, so like if you're going to grow with someone, um, whether that be like a friendship or a spouse, you have to let them know so that you can continue to, to grow and have fun and enjoy each other. So yeah, that's actually, um, why I got this tattoo. Have you seen it? Oh, no. What does it say? It says observation over expectation. I don't know if you can really read that. that. And that's Layla's eye. Like, <gasps> oh, she my has, God. I don't know. You can't really tell because of the lighting. No, I can see it. I love it. But it's this, like, kind of the same concept of what you're saying. You know, you have to manage your own expectations, and you can't. You have to observe and, observe and adapt to what's around you versus expecting everyone to just go your way and and um you know if you have to tell them you know you have to tell them they can't read your mind like you said so um very very good explanation of my tattoo I guess (laughs) um somebody actually told me that that's the equation for happiness which I had never heard of awesome to hear that so um that is really cool yeah it's kind of like mind over matter but yeah um, yeah yeah this so is totally was- off topic, but how many tattoos do you have? Three. I love it. Yeah. How, do you have any? I have nine. Nine. Wow. 
I mean, once you get them, you have an itch for them quite often. Um, it is very, I've been doing like one per year, but like multiple per year. <laughs> yeah, it takes like restraint to not get them. It um, really does. Oh, I don't have that restraint. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had mentioned like on social media about, you know, being pro proactive about talking about mental health more, but do you think that there's anything in particular you wish was talked about more? So I'm kind of have this, I wrote, just wrote this whole paper actually at the end of the semester about this, but I have this kind of my ultimate pet peeve is the colloquialism in the mental health world, which is like the commonality of how it's used. Like, Oh, I'm sad. Like I'm so depressed, mm -hmm. you know, like, or I, cause I was like, for example, I think what really triggered me was one day, I think at the beginning of this, this past semester, I was scrolling through TikTok and there was like one who was like, this girl was like, Oh my God, my roommate is being so manic right now. And it was this girl at like 3am, like dancing in her dorm room. Yeah. And I was like, she's not being manic. She's having fun. She yeah. might be manic, but that's not a given. Mm -hmm. Or um, the, the kill yourself. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm so mad I could kill myself kind of stuff. Exactly. So I, the reason that I have not been more proactive about, you know, talking about it is because I think I'm scared of um, aiding to that colloquialist type of talk about it. And that being my pet peeve, I don't want to kind of like um, step on my own foot or put my foot in my own mouth. Yeah. But it's also super difficult because I do want to share, you know, everything that I go through and that I struggle with and find people that also go through that. Mm -hmm. um, that's super important to me. But it's it's kind of a catch-22 for me because I wish it was talked about more, but also I wish I was talked about more in a more appropriate sense. Yeah. Well, I think coming from a place that like you would come from your heart, you know, you, you wouldn't be like writing it for attention. I don't feel like you'd be writing it to yeah. help others. Um, you know, I don't think that you're going to end up aiding to that mm -hmm. per se. Um, I think if Sam's still on it, she said it best. Um, and I, I really thought about this. Um, she quoted it or she said it on a live. I've thought about it all the time. Um, if you are brave and open, on you know in your life or on your account or whatever the case may be um it creates a safe space for others to be brave and open um and that's given me a lot of like it, it's empowered me to talk about it more um and it's really only helped people i mean yeah. I've, i haven't had any backlash from it at all um and the other thing is is that you determine how much you share you don't have to share your whole life if you don't want to I mean, <laughs> be pleased for sure um but you know it's it's your account it's your life like your friends your, your you know just goes back to it's, it's your words in your life and you don't have to share it all you just share as much as you want to in the moment um so i'm You're not telling right. you to do it but I'm no, just, <laughs> no i know but I you just, are so right i definitely struggle with you know like how much is too much and how much is not enough Mm -hmm. You know, like, I've definitely, especially on my dog Instagram, I, like, started off by just writing those, like, very vague, like, I'm so cute and fabulous, like, mm -hmm. dog posts from Remy's point of view, which I will still love doing, mm -hmm. you know, because it brightens up someone's day a little bit, at least For it sure. brightens up my day, but it's also, you know, sometimes you just want to get real, Yeah, and, okay. you know, 
yeah and it's just it's hard finding a balance if there is any Mm -hmm. I mean yeah I think it's it all just goes back to you know it's it's your accounts your words um and you just do what you feel like in the moment um and if you need a cheerleader I'm sure there's a ton on here that would support (laughs) you um and and be your cheerleader no matter what you post um so let's see we have a few questions left um by the way y'all Ellie made this like super pretty like script for me. So how I do <laughs> I send people um, a list of so many questions and then I tell them to pick like 10 or 15 to talk about um, just to kind of let them be prepared. And she just divided it up into like topics. I am like so grateful for it. It's made my life a lot easier because I don't Anytime. have time. I try to do this on my own and sometimes I feel like it just kind of literally do it for you for your future lives like I don't mind (laughs) I was like you sent it and I was like thank you praise be (laughs) um so let's see I'm going to pick out one of the fun questions um okay let's talk a little bit about more about raw because I think that's a topic that people would appreciate more info on and Layla's coming out of her shell right now she was a she actually fell asleep I think beside me um mm-hmm. after the fireworks which is awesome but now awesome. she's just like hanging on <laughs> <laughs> she's like I'll, I'm just gonna wake up slowly yeah my own time having a little head rest there um but yeah so you started him off at five months old um and I guess something that I have a question about is for a prepackaged, do they base it off of your dog's weight? So, like, do you tell them Remy weighs 20 pounds and then they give you um, pre-made for, for a 20-pound dog? Or do you have to, like, manage that yourself? So, the nutritional requirements for each dog, while while they're very different for each dog, it's also the way pre-made blends work is that it's one formula Mm -hmm. um for like the masses so the way that darwin's in particular comes or answers answers comes in patties like a like a burger frozen patty and you keep them in your freezer and then each website of pre-made raw food will have their own feeding calculator because each pre-made raw has different nutrients and different densities of like meats with fat percentages and everything like that So each pre-made raw has different formula and each pre-made raw should have a calculator on their website where you input your dog's weight, how active your dog is, your dog's age, like their goal weight, and then it calculates how much to feed it. So for Remy, he gets half of, so they come in these little squares and Mm -hmm. Remy gets half a square per meal. So that's how I know there's an ounce. It's, I think it's like, four ounces or something Mm -hmm. um per half so eight ounce square I'm not I could be totally wrong could be six ounces don't quote me on that (laughs) but um that's just how many pre-made raws will do it um I tried to do do it yourself raw I have a meal plan for him um that I got from perfectly rawsome which Mm -hmm. I really love their account but um unfortunately just like with the limited freezer space I have 
and yeah. not wanting to gross out the roommates that I do live with. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of just pre-made raw is the best course of action for us right now. Hopefully yeah. when I'm older and I have a place of my own, I'll be able to do do it yourself. Mm-hmm. But right now I only do it for special occasions. Yeah, um, we do. So she doesn't eat raw. I think that's something that I would like to transition to at some point, but it's not, um, it's not like super important to us at the moment, I guess. Um, I think I would do the pre-made stuff, um, mostly because I don't like cooking myself, like for myself. So like, (laughs) I don't think I would enjoy like grinding up all the meat and making sure all the nutritional stuff is there I would just be like okay give me it to me give it to me straight (laughs) that's Um, exactly why I love pre-made raw you could just like you just have to defrost it like the night of I literally take out like the patty for the next day or the package for the next day put it in my fridge and then the next morning it's ready to go and I just portion it out yeah I will say I think my um fiance Bobby he would really enjoy making her food if she ate raw um I think it's not something that he would do, like, all the time, but I think, like, every once in a while, he would enjoy, like, we have a grinder, so if he goes, like, hunting or anything, he'll grind up some of the meat that he gets and make it into, like, sausage or whatever, um, and he, like, really likes doing that, coming up with, like, the recipes for how it's gonna taste. I think he would like doing it every once in a while for her, um, but just, like, for time and save, save time, it would, be nice to have the pre-made stuff for sure absolutely Um, and you could totally mix and match it you know it doesn't have to be a one or the other yeah yeah I I do like that about the raw you can um kind of mix it up every day if you wanted to I mean you can do that with kibble too um it just requires you to have multiple bags of food (laughs) at one time um uh which we just we just feed her one one type of kibble um we're but I've heard a lot more recently about like the different rotating and, and raw and I've been researching that a lot more here recently. So I think it's something that I'm going to try to consider more. Um, not that Absolutely. I'm totally against it. It's just like the norm. You have to do I your guess. research and decide yeah. if you're into it. You know, it's, it's totally a, there's no, I'm not, it's whatever any is best for the dog owner and the dog. Yeah. You know, I see, um, I don't know if they're still on here, but Kai, the Goldie like makes oh my God. awesome plates. Don't even get me started. I have like, I'm low key in love with Kai, the Goldie and his mom, Hannah. I'm kind of obsessed with that. I know. And they, she did something the other day where it was like a whole bird. Like she, she made the, the plate and then whole prey. Yeah. Yeah. The whole prey. And, I was on Naked Beast, like, looking at them, and I just, I kept looking at it. I was like, I don't know if I can do this yet. I don't know if I can feed, like, the whole bird yet. Um, right now, we're just, like, at the ears, the tails, the hide. Um, I don't know if I can feed the whole bird yet, but we might get there at some point. I remember the first time that I fed her an ear, I was, like, totally disgusted. Um but then she loves it, and now I've just gotten used to it. I'm like, okay, whatever. Here's a thousand of them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually fed Remy anything with fur on it. Really? I really. Um, I'm just. I think it's not that I'm scared of it. It's just due to lack of freezer space. And most of the time, when you order items like that, I feel like you have to have 
be able to do a bulk order most of the time um, due to that. And also just for my roommate's sake, you know, they don't want to come out of their room in the morning and see my dog trotting down the hallway with a freaking like, you know, ear yeah. in their mouth. They'd be like, what the frick is that? Yeah. That's one thing that Bobby, he's just like, whatever, you know, uh, he was that's awesome. He's, he's cool with all of that. So, I but love that. I think we're going to end here. We're about, yeah. I try to keep about an hour. Um, so thank you so much for hopping on here. Um, thank you for having me. Oh, uh, let's see. What is the benefit of them eating them still intact? Um, I'm not exactly sure what the benefit is besides just having all so, at once. I'm not sure. So for the fur and like feathers that helps clean your dog's digestive tract. Yeah. I it like that. it picks it up. Um, mm -hmm. but Besides that, I think it's just more like a wholesome way to get make sure that they're getting the whole benefit and like the, all the nutrients from that whole prey instead of just like, you're just getting the liver, you're just getting the, but I think that either way you choose to do it is, you know, totally fine. I don't yeah. think it's, any, I don't think it's like a drastic difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did know that about the hair, um, that it, it cleans their digestive system, kind of acts like a fiber. Um, yeah. But I didn't really, I don't know, I just, I definitely should do, that's a good question. I should do more research on that. Or head over to Kai the Goldie's page um, at KY the Goldie. Um, I'm sure she would probably have some resources for, for that question. Emily, um, he's looking really cute. <laughs> Did he recently get a haircut? He did. He got a haircut on Monday okay, or last Monday. Yeah, yeah. Tell. It's got a lot shorter. I was like, just shave everything, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can tell. Um, Miss Layla's asleep, I think. Lay, you want to come say hello? She lifted up her head and looked at me like, not really, what? mom. <laughs> what? Hello, you want to say hello? <laughs> oh, my big baby. Oh, hello, beautiful. She's like, Mom, I have been asleep. <laughs> yeah, so cute. Okay, well, I'll let you guys go. Um, I hope you enjoy your night. Um, and thank you so much for talking and being on here. Um, thank you. I'll be doing this every Monday in July and hopefully August and hopefully the rest of the year. Um, and I'll put this on my IGTV and on YouTube, hopefully, um, by tomorrow morning, um, shooting for like by lunch. So we'll see. <laughs> so say bye, Lee. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.